When a public miracle had just occurred, there was a man that was sitting at the gate, beautiful, and, um, and he uh, had been lame from his mother's womb. And so he was there for a long time. People knew of him. They knew of him. Everybody probably in the city knew about this guy. And the Lord decided one morning while Peter and John were going up to the temple to just urge them to pray for this man or give him, let me put it this way, an opportunity, praise God, to get healed, to show this world that God is not only supernatural, but he loves in Jesus' name. Most of you um, are familiar with the fact that that happened. Peter just mentioned he fed, he said, silver and gold, we don't have any. You're not going to get the normal thing from us. Amen. He said, but such as we have, give we unto you, and that is in the name of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. He said, he said, get up and walk. Just get up. Just get up. Praise God. And I, I have felt that or sensed that in this service ever since we began, that there are people that in the spiritual realm, that's what you need to, go, need to do is to get up in Jesus' name. Um, one opportunity usually opens up another in the kingdom of God. That's what I've seen. It's just not one thing. It'll just usually kind of a domino effect, and it can affect lots of people in a lot of different areas. And the same thing has happened in here, um, in, the, in the book of Acts chapter number three. You know, instead of giving or taking the glory, Peter and John said, no, let us tell you who's really responsible for this. Amen. And he began to tell them, you know, about the fact that Jesus Christ, the one that they had crucified, because up to this time it was still very fresh in their minds. And he went on to say in verse number 19, 3 and 19, Acts 3 and 19, he said, repent therefore and be converted, praise God. And that's really what God wants to do for people. Amen. There's a lot of folks that are acquainted with God, but the goal for God is to convert us and that our sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You see, that's what God has intended in Jesus' name. Praise God. There's a cloud that has come over this area. Um, probably, I don't know how long it's been here, but um, it's, it's been here for a while, and um, I've uh, rebuked it. I have come against it, and it moves and that type of thing. But some of you are going to have to take that action here, right here this morning. And what that is, that's a cloud of... of, um, of um, uh, uh, of, of negativism, it's a cloud of, um, of depression, is really what it is, amen, and I'm going to tell you something, the Holy Ghost is in this place to blow that cloud away, right here today, I'm serious, it's here right now, here today, to blow that cloud away in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. There's a lot that comes with depression. Praise God. And I won't center on that right now, but we need to take authority over that in the name of Jesus. And if you feel like you need an extra special touch for that problem or that, um, that, that situation, I want you to come down here. I'm going to anoint you in Jesus' name. And we're going to agree, praise God, that that thing has to go in Jesus' name. Now, come on. Let's begin to call upon the name of the Lord. I'm telling you right now, depression does not have a permanent place in the kingdom of God. Come on, we can take authority over it, and that's what we're going to do right now in Jesus' name. Ah, You and I agree. As I anoint you, we agree that this is going. This has got to move. And you're going to feel immediately the refreshing, the refreshing of God. That's what you're going to feel in the name of Jesus. 
That's right. You take authority over that right now. You command it to go right now. You say that. You say you're gone. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, now let's let the presence of the Lord do what it's intended to do. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. name of the Lord. Praise God. Now I'm telling you right now, that's gone. That's gone in Jesus name. Praise God. I want you to look at something here and somebody here, you're going to need to write this down and you're going to have to say this. You're going to have to say this. Praise God. Because God's word is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, 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 it pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit joints in the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. God's word is spot on. It's not aiming and then hoping that it hits something. That's one of the reasons why your study and your familiarity with the word is so important. Is because when situations, not if, when situations come into your life, you can aim right exactly at it. And you can understand that God's word is going to hit that target. It's going to hit that target. Let me give you some specifics here. Look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter number, number 1 here. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I want you to understand something, praise God. The Bible says in chapter, chapter 1 of 2 Timothy and verse number 7, 1 and 7, write this down, say this to yourself, praise God. Aim at this thing called depression and say you cannot stay, praise God. Why? It says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. 
Come on, he didn't do that. That's not God. You know, the fear of the Lord is reverence. The fear of the Lord is knowing who he is. It's respect. It's having, admir- you know, have, having just, you know, being admiring of God. It's not being scared to death of him. That's not what the fear of the Lord is. Amen. We mistake that. And sometimes the devil will pull that little trick to us. And we need to take aim. And you need to, first of all, confess the fact that God didn't give me this. Amen. And if God didn't give it to me, it doesn't have to stay in Jesus' name. Now, come on. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but look at what he did give you. Come on. Somebody say power. Come on. And of love. Look at what God is doing for you. And of a sound mind. God gives us sobriety. He gives us absolute awareness of what's going on in Jesus' name. I'm telling you right now, here's your bullet. Here's your aim. Come on, let everybody hear. Let's, let's read this together. Let's read this together, okay? And let's take aim at depression. What do you say? Come on, let's, let's, let's read it together. Come on, with me. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now let's do that one more time, okay? Come on, now this is not some hype up. This is not designed to get you, you know, inspired. This is the truth, praise God. And Jesus said the truth shall make you free. Now come on, the illustration is, is that God doesn't just open the jail door. Come on. He tears the jail down. And that's what this does. Come on. Now God wants you to have the fear of the Lord. But he doesn't want you to be scared in life and and, and to be overcome with that type of thing. And that's what brings depression. Come on. I'm telling you right now, that's one of the seed beds of depression. In Jesus' name. And you and I are taking amen at this morning. I'm telling you right now, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. You are free from this in Jesus' name. Let's read it one more time. Come on, everybody. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's lift our hands right now and let's believe what God has said. Come on, I'm talking about disease, I'm talking about sickness, I'm talking about sin. It has to go in the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on, saint. You're doing good. You're doing great. In fact, you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, come on, I'm telling you right now. It's right. Now let's let the refreshing of God come in. Come on, let that wind blow that cloud away. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, here's that's your spiritual therapy. Amen. You recite that word of God. I'm telling you something, it is therapeutic. God's word does. It does make an effect, praise God. And one of the first places it needs to make an effect is in our life. 
Come on, I'm telling you something. When we begin to have belief in God's Word, things begin to take place, praise God, in the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you right now, there's lots of stuff that will come our way that we don't have to take. We don't have to allow to stay. We don't have to say, you're not going to take up residence here. You're going out of here in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, we got a good thing going. God's got great things in store for you. I'm telling you right now, He's going to help you to become something in the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. I come against that. I come against that depression in the name of Jesus. I command it to go. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. You can be seated. Praise God. It's so important that we begin to understand this, that we begin to take, take, you know, let it take root in us in Jesus' name because it's the thing that, that will move every barrier, praise God. God's word is the thing that you and I, we have. It's a weapon. That's literally what it is. It's a weapon that God has put into our hands that's designed to help us to fight against the adversary, praise God, against, against thoughts and things of that nature in Jesus' name. Look at 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and let me further emphasize this a little bit here and help somebody, help somebody really get it, get it down. There's a root that's growing in here, by the way, praise God. A seed has been sown, and for some reason, the atmosphere that God has allowed us to have here this morning has a very, very very quick um, a growth period right now. I'm talking about in the next 20 minutes, something can grow in your life, praise God, that can make the difference for the rest of your life in Jesus' name. I'm believing God for this in Jesus' name, praise God. Look at the third chapter of 2 Timothy, praise God. I'm telling you, God is, is able, praise God, to do some things. Look at verse number 14. Now, this is Paul talking to the younger preacher. He's basically mentoring this man, and, and he's giving him some sound advice. And you and I can take this advice this morning. We can. We can literally heed to this advice in Jesus' name. And what did Paul tell Timothy? He told him in verse 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Okay? Does that make sense? and been assured of. You know what makes us assured of something? Is when it happens to us. I questioned speaking in tongues for quite a few months until it happened to me. Amen. And then I'm telling you something. Something happened, praise God. You or anybody else didn't have to convince me about it because a man with an experience or a person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person who has an argument. And I'm going to tell you something, if you're going to continue to argue with God's word, it puts you at such a disadvantage. That's why God wants you to experience certain things. That's why he allows you to go through certain things, so that you will be assured of it. Praise God. How many here have ever felt the touch of healing in your life about God, with God? Yeah, look at all of this. God does quite a bit, doesn't he? Amen. It makes it a whole lot easier to believe for somebody else, doesn't it, when, when you know it's happening. And that's why I'm telling you, this thing is made to be experienced. And that's what Paul's telling this guy. He said, not only what you learn, but what you know, what you already know has happened, praise God. And then knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And look at this. Tim had a, Timothy had an advantage as a child. The scripture says, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And here's a plug for the entire Bible, the entire Word of God. 
I don't know, I have read parts and thought, man, what's the deal here? I mean, I just want to hurry and get through this stuff. I'm trying to change that attitude about myself. Praise God. I'm starting to dig deeper. Amen. You know those chronological names? I don't know if you've ever done a study on those names. I'm going to tell you something. In the Old Testament, names meant some things. And so dig into that. I'm telling you, the Word of God sometimes on the surface, you know, looks one way. But when you get really, really down into a deeper part of God's Word, it just completely, it changes the whole complexion of things. And that's why the Bible talks about the height, the breadth, the deepness, you know, of the things of God. And that's why as you go through the Word of God, that's what will naturally happen to you, is you will go deeper. Amen. And pretty soon you'll see things that you never saw before. And that's of God. Because what does it mean? It means in verse number 16. How much of Scripture? All. Oh, how much? All. Yeah. All Scripture, it says, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For doctrine, praise God. Now, the first thing you got to understand is that God's word is profitable for you. The word literally means helpful. You want some help? God's given you some help by his word. That's why I'm telling you, when you begin to believe and recite God's word, I wish sometimes God would install a little switch in us. And we could just flip that switch and just see all that's happening around us when we begin to, 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 to speak the word of God. I'm telling you something, folks, it is phenomenal in the spiritual realm. Amen. And that's why you and I need to continue. That's why Paul said, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Anything that comes your way and tries to discourage you against that, just throw it out. Just dismiss it. Tell it to go. Don't even spend any time with it. I know that sounds a little standoffish, folks, but it's the truth. Come on, there are some people, amen. I love everybody, with the help of God, I love everybody. But there's some folks I don't want to hang around with. I, and I'm not making any bones about this. It's because I'm going to tell you something, folks. I want the things of God. I want the things of God to go deeper. And you can feel the same way. You can begin to, to, to choose your life in that same pattern. Now listen to me, folks. If you really love God and follow His ways, people are going to begin to see that. And you know what's going to happen? If they're really hungry and thirsty for the things of God, they're going to follow you. Come on, they're going to begin to follow you to church. They're going to begin to follow you into a Bible study. They're going to begin to follow you into a deeper walk with God. And that's what God has designed for this to happen. Now, it's profitable. Look at somebody and say, I got some profit sharing. Yeah. You come to church and you're involved in profit sharing. Come on, I'm telling you right now, and this profit sharing is really good. Amen. It's helpful. It's something that is designed, praise God, to fight battles that you and I were never designed to fight. Listen to me, folks. If we go back to the original, which is one of the things we have to do to get clear understanding, God didn't design for us to live in a fallen world. He designed for us to live in an obedient garden. That's what he's doing for you right now. He is restoring that obedience and that garden back in your life. Literally, that's what he's doing. Amen. And that's how God designed for Adam and Eve to live. Amen. Disobedience, you know, is what caused them to fall. But God said there's somebody that's coming. Praise God. Amen. And he's going to be able to overcome that. And you and I are beneficiaries of that. 
Literally, we are beneficiaries of what Jesus Christ has done. And so the word of God now becomes profitable. The book of Isaiah teaches us that, you know, we thought God was angry with us. But now we understand that he loves us. And now he says, come to the well and draw out of this well, you know, the, the waters of salvation. And so you can literally do that. And so the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God has designed for this word to work in your life. That's what it'll do. Amen. And you and I just have to keep working with it. We got to take the advice that Paul gave Timothy. Keep doing it. Just keep doing it, praise God. Sometimes the movement of the Spirit of God moves a little bit slower than we like it. But believe me, it moves very, very steady. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. It just keeps chewing up things. It keeps grinding things down, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes, praise God, it's going to, it's going to all of a sudden, it's going to have the results. Let me give you case in point. The 10, 10th chapter of the book of Acts. Don't turn there, but it's about a character named Cornelius. One day, while he was continually praying to God, he just kept doing it. You know, I don't know what the incentive was in his life. i got to believe that he was hungry. All of a sudden, an angel arrives on the scene and says, your, your prayers are being heard. How would you like that? How would you like to go into your prayer closet tomorrow morning and have an angel appear to you and say, you know, God's listening to you. <laughs> yeah, God's listening to you right now. Wouldn't that change the way we look at things? Ooh, wouldn't we start guarding a little bit about what we say? Well, I'm telling you, folks, that's the truth. That's what God wants you to understand. That's why, you know, God has given me several ways to pray, and one of the ways I've developed to pray is through tongues, through speaking in tongues. I've realized that the Spirit, I don't know how to pray like I, like I should. And so God will come into my life, and sometimes he will cause me to begin to, to pray in tongues. And I'll be the first person to tell you that a lot of it, I don't know what I'm praying, but I know I'm doing what God wants me to do. And so I can walk away from a situation like that, and I can feel, I, I, I can sense, praise God, that I'm doing what God wants me to do. I might not understand it all, but I know what he's doing, praise God. Now, another way that God has given me to pray, other than tongues, is pray his word. And a lot of times, I will incorporate that in my prayer time. When God will move upon me about a certain scripture or something like that, and I'll begin to just pray that word. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance unto the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, folks, that's Scripture. That comes right out of the Bible. That's the thing that Jesus quoted when he did his introductory speech at the, te at the temple that day. I'm telling you something, folks. When you begin to speak God's word, praise God, things begin to happen in the spiritual realm that you and I, we just sometimes, literally, it'll blow us away. And that's what the presence of the Lord will do. And so again, the word of God, all scripture. Look at somebody and say every bit. Come on, every bit of scripture, praise God, is profitable. It's a help. It's designed to do something in your life. And what's it designed to do? Well, let's look at those four ingredients, okay? The Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable or helpful for what? Doctrine. 
Come on, folks. We, you know you've had somebody come up and say, man, I don't know about this Jesus name baptism. I don't know about this baptism of the Holy Ghost or this repentance. Well, listen, you don't have to take that all on yourself. What you can do is to do the same thing that I do. You can learn these things and you can begin to say, well, listen, it's written in God's word. I can show you right here where it's written in God's word. And guess what? I can show you another place where it's written in God's word. I love to do that with people. Praise God. Because they say, you're making a big deal about this or that. And I'll say, well, listen, just follow me. Look at the second chapter of the book of Acts. What did Peter tell them? Repent and be baptized Kind of sounds like everybody to me, doesn't it? Amen. Folks, I like to simplify things for people because sometimes people just don't get it. And then all of a sudden you just say, well, what does it say? And if they're really hungry and they're really seeking after God and they've gotten rid of that argumented spirit, they can begin to see it. Their eyes can begin to get opened. And then I love to take them to the 8th chapter of the book of Acts and say, it didn't just stop there. It wasn't just a one-time event. Look at what happened when Philip went over to the Samaritans. Look at what happened. Joy began to come into that place when he preached Jesus to them. And all of a sudden, everybody wanted to get baptized. Amen. And then that wasn't the only thing. Peter and John came over and they laid hands on them and they all got the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, folks, I love that. Here a couple of weeks ago, I gave you the example, you know, in the, in, the, in the back half of that chapter about Philip. When he got done preaching, you know, the gospel to the Samaritans, God just had something else for him and took him right into the wilderness, took him right into the desert, praise God. And here's this guy. He's a eunuch. He's employed by the queen in Ethiopia, and he comes to Jerusalem periodic to worship. He's a believer. And the guy's reading the Bible, right? Don't you like to be around people that read the Bible? Well, the scripture says he was reading in Isaiah. And he's kind of scratching his head. And all of a sudden, the Spirit, the Spirit of God says, Phil, go up there and talk to this guy. And the Bible says that Philip, he said, well, how am I going to open this up? Well, the Spirit says, just ask him if he understands what he's reading. Come on, we don't make any of this stuff up when it comes to helping people live for God. God is the one that prompts us. And so Philip goes up to him and says, hey, do you, know, do you understand what, what you're reading? And the guy says, well, I need somebody to help me. I'm here. Come on. And Philip jumps up into that chariot and he says, come on, let's have a Bible study. And I don't know how much of Isaiah he was talking about, but I'm telling you something, folks. He got to a place. Who? The eunuch. He says, can I be baptized? Can I? And, and Phil says, look at right there. I didn't see that 10 minutes ago, but there's water. Come on, let's go down into that water in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says they went down and Philip just got, he just got out of there in Jesus' name. Now I'm telling you folks, these are the kind of things I like to have conversations with, with people. Instead of this, why do you think you're right? Oh, wait a minute. I don't think I'm right. I just got acquainted with the one that is. Amen. And what makes me right is that I obey what he tells me. Yeah, that's what makes me right. And I'm telling you something, you can learn to kill arguments. Praise God. Then I take them to the 10th chapter of the book of Acts and say, do you think you're good? Do you think that you do a lot of good things? And most people will say, well, yeah. The Bible says, you know, everybody likes to tell everybody how good they are. 
And I'll say, well, here, let me introduce you to a guy that was really good. His name was Cornelius. This guy had quite a reputation. And then what I like to end it with is being good isn't good enough. But God's got something in store for good people. And if you're a good person, I think you're a good person too, praise God. And God's got something in store for you. And I like to show them how that God worked backwards then. He filled them with the Holy Ghost before they were baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And I, you see, what I'm telling you is this is all in the Word of God. And what I'm telling you right now, this is an example of doctrine. This is not some UPCI opinion. This is doctrine. This is what Jesus taught. He left those men at, when before he ascended to heaven, he said, Go ye therefore into all the world, baptizing them in the name, everybody say Jesus, of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We understand that's the name of Jesus. Jesus taught them doctrine. And he said, You go and take that doctrine into the whole world. Amen. And that's what the Word of God can help you with. God isn't trying to get you to win arguments. He's trying to help you to understand that there are some things that He taught that you can taught, you can teach. Amen. And I'm telling you folks that there are people in this world that are waiting for that kind of thing. People like Cornelius. People like an entire village in the Samaritans. People like disciples of John that have been traveling around trying to do the best that they can. And all of a sudden they encounter a guy named Paul. And Paul just asks them a simple question. You know, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, man, we never heard of that. You can study this out. Here's doctrine. You can study in the 19th chapter of the book of Acts. And Paul says, well, how were you baptized? Well, man, we got John's baptism. And, and Paul didn't put that down. He just said, that was good stuff. But if you remember John, he gave you some advice. He said, hey, I'm baptizing now, but the one that's coming after me, he's the main guy. Amen. And that's what he told them. And the Bible says they mustn't have had any argument spirit in them. Because the Bible says after Paul instructed them, after Paul told them what they should believe, they were baptized, every one of them. And guess what happened when they came out of the water? Come on, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Listen to me, folks. We don't have to be afraid of this. That's called doctrine. That's what it is. And very simply, doctrine is what God wants us to believe. That's why he puts it in the scripture. Is he doesn't want you and I debating it. He just says, believe it. Be a part of it. Let it become part of you. And so that's why he said that, and you know, to Timothy, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Look at somebody and say the doctrine. doctrine. Amen. Now, this isn't the only thing that has to come and be a part of our life. Because what's the next word? Reproof. And that very simply, folks, is what you shouldn't believe. Really, that's what it is. Somebody comes to you and says, there's 12 gods. And you can, you can worship one, you know, one of them one day and one of them the next day. Right away you go, uh-uh. I'm not believing that. Because my Bible tells me how many gods is there? Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. Now, God's not mad that you came across that, but he's just saying, dismiss that. Dismiss that. 
See, you'll be you'll come and 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 you know, let's take this morning for example. You know, I got to think this depression and all of that, and I got to. God says you don't have to think that way. I didn't give that to you. In fact, I'll tell you what. You and I, we're going to get together this morning, and we're going to get rid of that cloud in Jesus' name. Now, it doesn't mean that cloud won't try to come back, but now all of a sudden you recognize that. That's not of God. And so that thing is going to go in Jesus' name. So reproof, very simply, is what you shouldn't believe. Amen. And that's what God wants to help you to, to differentiate between. Amen. One of the things that impressed me about you people was your hunger for the word of God. That's one of the reasons why I'm still here. Because you gave me a project. You said study that word. Consume as much of it as you want. And man, I took you to face value. That's why I'm telling you folks, we don't have to be afraid. But that's not the only thing, praise God, the Word of God is good for. Look at what else it does. The Bible says all Scripture is given by what? Come on, don't fall asleep on me, okay? I'm going to keep reviewing this so you get it, okay? All Scripture is given by? Come on, somebody shout it. That means that God inspired it. Come on, that means that God came up with it. That's why I'm telling you, when you begin to minister to other people, you're going to begin to recognize that you didn't come up with that. That that's God putting that suggestion in your mind. That's God telling you to go over to that person and lay your hands on them and pray for them. That's God telling you to ask that person if he'd be interested in a Bible study. That's all of God. Why? Because God inspires it. Amen. And so all scripture is given by Yes, come on, keep, keep, keep following me. Inspiration of God and is what? What does the word profitable mean? It's our help. Come on, it's our help. Come on, I'm trying to get you to join in. And the person, reason for this, I want this to stick. I don't want you to walk out of here and say, man, what was he talking about? Come on, I'm giving you an opportunity, man, to get this root down deep. Come on, all scripture is given by? Of who? And is? Come on, profitable for what? Oh, what's doctrine? What you should believe. Look at somebody and say, you got things you need to believe. Oh, come on, act like a preacher for about five seconds and preach to the person next to you. Say, you got things you need to believe. Oh, yeah. Amen. Well, the Bible says your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And the word prophesy means to declare. So you're doing that. Come on, you're being New Testament here. Come on, all scripture is given by? Of God. Come on, I'm, I'm telling you, you get this down, this week will be different. This week won't be like it was last week. You're going to have some ammunition. You're going to be able to take aim at something. And you're going to be able to shoot it right in the heart in Jesus' name. And so the word of God is profitable for what? Doctrine. What else? What is reproof? What you shouldn't believe. Don't spend time meditating on things that you shouldn't believe. That's what we do. And so God doesn't leave it there. God gives us what we should believe, and then he'll tell us what we shouldn't believe. Amen. And then what will happen, praise God, is that the, the word of God, because it's inspired of God and it's profitable, it'll not only do doctrine and reproof, but it'll correct. Listen to me, folks. That is not bawling somebody out. 
That is not putting people down. That's literally saying, I got a better way. I come into this thing and I'm just, you know, a, a very bad Catholic and I like to drink and I like to do drugs. That's my life. Rock and roll taught me that stuff. And I'm not blaming them. But here I am, praise God, and I'm dealing with this stuff. And you think, well, you got to feel, you, a lot of you look at me and say, oh, gee, when, when Carnahan came to God, man alive, man, he just immediately, everything went. No, it didn't. I didn't. I'm not saying I struggled with things, but I'm going to tell you something. There were areas of my life that God was working on. And I'll tell you something that God began to develop in me. Uh, and, and, and how he talks to me, he still does after 40-some years. I can still detect the voice of God because of that. And you want to know how God dealt with me? He dealt with me in a very gentle way. And you know how he would talk? He would say, I would do something, and I was questioning it. I wonder if this was right or not. And God would say, you don't need to do that. I've got something better for you. And that's how God began to deal with me. And when I listened to him, and when he began to share with me the things that he had for me, I'm telling you something, it, didn't, I, it made sense to me that this is better than that. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I'm down for the joy of the Lord. Oh, doesn't that make sense? Praise God. Amen. I'm Oh, yes, that's easy. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. Oh, now, no, no. No, what's the word? I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. I say, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. I say, there you go. There you go. You just got the formula. Now you know how God is dealing with you. All he wants to do is explain everything to you. He really does. But sometimes we have to just trust him and take that journey. And that's why correction will come in. That's why God will correct us, praise God. You know what the word literally means? My mom used this on me and it never worked. She would always tell me, she's straighten up. your mom ever tell you that? Oh, yeah. That's a pretty popular mom saying. Straighten up. You know? Well, listen to me, folks. That's what the word correction means. It means to straighten up. I mean, let's do this right. Let's quit missing the mark. Let's quit going through a box of shells when we could have just taken one shell and hit the target. I'm telling you, folks, that's what God can do, and that's what correction is designed to help you with, is not waste things. Get right to the point. Get right to the thing. Because if, God can, if you can allow God to help you to straighten up or be corrected, then the next thing will come very easy. The reason why some people can't be instructed is because they really can't be corrected. And you probably know some people like that, don't you? It doesn't make any difference what you tell them. It doesn't make any difference how plain it is. It's just not going to happen. They've got their mind made up that that's the way it is. Amen. I know people, 
that will pull off the side of the road and argue with signposts. That's just what they do. Amen. Well, it's written there. I don't believe it, you know, and that type of thing, you know. Listen to me, folks. If you'll just start this process and, and, and follow along what we're doing here. All scripture is given by? Of who? God. And is? It's your help. It's your help. God has sent something here to help you. And it'll help you to know what to believe. It'll help you to know what not to believe. And then, as you're human like me, there are areas of our life that need to be straightened out. And God will do that. He will say, if you'll quit doing this, then I'll tell you to do this. Amen. And then all of a sudden, there's a lot of stuff in our lives that will literally become right. In fact, let me use the Bible for this. The Scripture says, all Scripture is given by And is for and 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 yeah, there you go. You got it. And what will happen when we begin to take that advice? Look at verse number 17. This is what you can look forward to. The Bible says that you will be perfect. You're going to be complete. No, that doesn't mean you'll never make a mistake. The word there literally means complete. That in this world, God is completing you. And because you are complete, you're going to be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You're not going to have a day that goes by that God won't give you something good to do. I'm telling you the truth. I don't care where you're at. I don't care how long you're there. It doesn't make any difference. When we begin to believe that all Scripture, not just part of it, just the stuff we like, that all the Scripture is given and inspired by God, and it's profitable, what's there for my help, then I can learn what to believe. I can learn what not to believe. I can be corrected, and God can instruct me, and I can expect that God, along with that, will use me. That's what will happen, folks. It's not that difficult. It really isn't. It's just that you and I have to learn to follow the process of God. We have to learn to trust Him. We have to learn to prioritize what He's doing, praise God, and then allow that to come into our lives. The scripture says in, 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 in uh, James chapter 1, I use this a lot. It says to receive with meekness. The word receive there is from a Greek word that says allow it. Allow it. Allow that word to come into your life. To receive means to, is to accept it. Amen. People have asked me over the years, how do you get the Holy Ghost? I said, you start believing that it's for you. That's a good place to start. And then you begin to start training your brain to say, I'm going to receive this. I'm going to receive this from God. And one of these days, I don't know when, I know it will happen. It happened to me, praise God. I remember when I spoke a few words, praise God, in a language I'd never spoke before. And I wouldn't tell anybody about it because I thought, man, I don't know about this, you know. And so for about a week or, well, probably about a month or two, I played around with that. I did a little experiment. I would go down to the altar and say, well, God, if it's really there, it'll happen again. And God, you know, having humor, he, he'd let it happen. 
But I'll never forget, I was, on, in a, I was working second shift, so I wasn't able to be with you in midweek services. And so I told you before, what a group of us did is we, we started our own service with the pastor's permission. We weren't renegades. We just told them, we said, listen, can we do something on Wednesdays, you know, in the morning or maybe in the, at noon before we go to work at second shift? Um, and, you know, he didn't say, well, no, I don't want you doing anything without me. No, he didn't say that. He said, well, sure, why don't you guys start praying? Good suggestion. So we would meet up at the church at 12.30. And so we would begin to pray. And sometimes the prayer meetings would last for a half hour. Sometimes it would last for two hours. I mean, God just moved on us, you know, that type of thing. But I never forget one of those prayer meetings. I was there, and I, you know, I'm thinking about God and that type of thing. And I just told, I, and I, inspiration comes to you from God. And I said, God, I really need to get a hold of this thing. And I don't even know how to do it. I said, I need your help. And I'll never forget, in about 10 minutes, there was something coming out of me that wasn't just speaking a few words. It was like, well, I found out later, it was like a river of living water. And I don't know how long I went on. It doesn't make any difference. The time is not the important thing. The important thing was I yielded to God, and I learned that God has so much more than even I know. And there are several of you in this room right here. The, reason, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because that's exactly where you're at. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not going to grab you by the nap of the neck, throw you in the prayer room, and say, you better get that river. No. I'm just trying to help you to understand through experience that there are things that because we don't understand them fully, we will innocently resist. And we do. And that's not because you're a bad person. It's because you're a human being. And part of trusting God is that. You've got to learn to say, well, God, take over. And you know something? That's a pretty good correction that he made in my life. And then the instruction started to come. And after that time, I can't tell you that every time I went into the prayer room, it was like a Chinese laundry. No, I'm just telling you that there was something that was broke in me that allowed me to yield to God in a much greater way. And I'm not any better than you. You say, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to have this stuff. Well, yeah, maybe that's true, but you're a saint, and so are you. Right. You've got to understand that God has so much for us, but we've got to allow him to do it his way. And so again, as we close here this morning, it's, in my opinion, one of the places it will always start, a good starting point in a day is God's word. Start with his word and allow that word that you know that is inspired of God to become profitable to you, to become your help. And then God will help you to understand what, what, it, what is true and what isn't. I'm telling you, folks, he can help you with those kind of things. And then you can begin to eliminate some of the areas of your life that are contradicting God. And that's what's happening to about two of you right here. Is you're going someplace, I don't know where it's at, but you're getting some contradictions. And man, that's not a good thing. What, what, I'll tell you what it's doing for you. It's confusing you. And that's another one of those things. You know, we talked about this morning, God didn't give us a spirit of well, the Bible says God is not the author of 
So you can right away, that's not God. God doesn't confuse anybody. God doesn't trip you up so you can know that he's really God. God deals with you with, with power and of love and a sound mind. A sound mind doesn't sound to me like it's confused. A sound mind sound, sounds to me like you know what's going on. And you know every time you come to this church that that confusion has been lifting, hasn't it? Now, I'm telling you right now, you're experiencing that for the reason that you can begin to walk the way God wants you to walk. He wants you to be complete. He wants you to be thoroughly furnished. He wants you to have everything you need to get through this life. That's what God designed with his word. And so he will take you through experiences and help you to understand that it's real. Amen. And that's what God is doing for you here this morning in Jesus' name. Isn't he great? I'm telling you something, folks. You couldn't have picked a better God. <laughs> and that's the truth. We could not have picked the right one. We needed him to pick us. And that's why the Bible says that we are literally accepted of him in Jesus' name. Now, again, as my custom has been here on Sunday mornings, because you folks are such precious people, I want to give you an opportunity, praise God, to respond to the things of the Lord. we got a few minutes. And you do that your way. If you want to come down to this altar, you can do that. If you want to sit there in your chair and just lift up your hands and praise God for it, you do whatever you want, praise God. But I'm telling you something. I'm just going to just really encourage you, praise God, to respond to the Lord in Jesus' name. In moments like this, I lift up my voice. I lift up my voice unto Jesus.